Rob Bro. He's your sports bro at KKAM.com and the Talk 1340 app. I am the host, you are the co-host. You can text in 806-855-3712. You can text in your bandwagons today or anything else. I am off the Josh Young getting injured bandwagon. Per Evan Grant, Josh Young was hit by a pitch in the second and has left the game. Ezekiel Duran pitch hit for him and struck out. Josh Young... After being hit by a pitch, uh, had a, a defensive lapse, I believe. I would assume after getting hit by the pitch, you probably swell up a little bit and say, all right, not going back in the game. Obviously, in baseball, if you get pinch hit for, you're not going back in. Uh, some comments. Uh, he's out for the game? Yes, he's out for the game. It's baseball. If you get pinch hit for, you're not going back in. He has already gotten an x-ray, though. A Josh Young, left-hand contusion. X-rays for a fracture were negative. Jankowski also out of this game. He has left hip tightness. The Rangers down 0-2 in this series. To the Reds, uh, potentially getting swept today. That game is ongoing. Uh, last check, the Reds were up 2-0. It is now 3-2 at the bottom of the fifth. Into the fifth now, 3-2. Jonah Heim due up at the top of the sixth inning for the Rangers. Let's see. John Gray still pitching through five. They scored two runs in the top of the fifth. Uh, Nathaniel Lowe, double to left, scored Simeon and Tavares. Went to third. Then Garcia had a sack fly to right field to score Tavares. Then they worked around another run to break the tie in the bottom of the fifth. So the Reds scored twice in the bottom of the second. The Rangers tied up top of the fifth. They get the lead back. Bottom of the fifth. Ashcraft has pitched 90 pitches through five. John Gray, 85 through five. A decent outing, but 
If uh, he doesn't throw a complete game, I'm worried about the bullpen coming back in. This has been a tough week for the bullpen of the Texas Rangers. Elsewhere in Major League Baseball, Baltimore up on Boston in the bottom of the fourth inning. They have two on in scoring position. Toronto out in front of the White Sox, 3-0. Cleveland up on Colorado, 3-0. The Yankees on the road in Minnesota up 7-1 in the top of the fourth inning. And on ESPN Plus, Detroit trailing Milwaukee in Brewtown. In the middle of the second, Milwaukee up 3-0. to zero. So we'll see what Jonah Heim can do here. A 1-1 count against Ashcraft. It's in play now. But he grounded out to short. That brings up Grossman, who is 0-2. The final Bandwagon Wednesday of the Rob Bros Show on Talk 103.9. We'll see what we can do today. I've got some bandwagons for you. Uh, this texture. Uh, that's from the last hour. Appreciate it, though. I will say this. About the uh, Bandwagon Wednesday, uh, if you weren't around for the genesis of it, Texters uh, just all of a sudden started getting on bandwagons of things, so we made a day of it. It was sponsored for a while. One of the only sponsored segments here, daily segments on the uh, Raiderland into the Rob Bro Show. Uh, but it is listener-driven, listener-built, so any bandwagons you want to get on today or off of today, you can... Uh, obviously already on the Josh Young getting injured bandwagon, off of it, sorry, on the not broken hand bandwagon though. I'm on the raining out when you're down 6-0 to Abilene Christian at ACU bandwagon. Uh, some lightning was creeping into the Coronado baseball game last night that I was a part of. I was sitting uh, outside the press box, so... That would have been interesting. No rain, though, and the Lightning stayed at bay, so that game could get completed. The Monterey Lady Plainsmen in playoff action this week. You can listen to that game with David Thetford on the call tomorrow night. I believe at 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock. I'll have to double-check that. We'll get that. Uh, I can check it right now. Yeah, game 1, 5 p.m. Thursday at Tascosa. And then game two, 6 p.m. on Friday. Right here on Talk 103.9, I'm assuming if there is a game three. Hopefully not. Hopefully Monterey will sweep that one. And two, if there is a game three, I'm sure it'll be right here on KKM Saturday morning. Uh, they generally are. A ton more action going on. The Texas Tech Red Raiders heading to Manhattan on the weekend. See if these road purple cats are less aggressive than the ACU purple road cats. And you also have uh, Lady Raiders basketball getting new recruits, former five-star recruits. You have the Red Raiders softball team in action this weekend. And a really big series for them to close out the regular season. You also have golf. The ladies' golf team going to a regional. The men's golf team will go to a regional after this Big 12 matchup rounds out. Texas Tech trying to do everything they can to hold on to second place. 
TCU in the clubhouse, uh, but Texas Tech and Oklahoma both kind of struggling down the stretch. At one point, Texas Tech was minus three on the day. They're now plus six on the day. Uh, have just completely exploded on the back half. Texas finished the day at plus 11. They're still on the course, actually. Uh, they were up there with you. They've moved down a spot from third. TCU moved up from fifth to solo third. Two teams in Texas and Oklahoma State tied for fourth. Kansas State Baylor tied for sixth at 41 overall. Plus 41. Kansas plus 43. West Virginia plus 59. Iowa State plus 66. They shot a 299, a 300, and a 290 as a team. But it really was that Oklahoma round one where they shot a 275 and nobody else shot better than a 286 to have a huge lead after round one. Then they shot a 279. Oklahoma State gained some ground, but nobody else besides Oklahoma State shot even close. Five shots back. Texas Tech in that second round. Actually, Baylor was pretty good in that second round, but it didn't matter because they were so far back anyways. Gained some ground yesterday. Texas Tech won round three with a 279. And of course, Ludwig Aberg dominating. He is 10 strokes ahead through 12. He's shooting two under today. On the individual leaderboard, he is minus 16. Minus 6 is Jonas Baumgartner. Brian Stark from Texas at minus 5 overall. And Drew Goodman, who was the leader after day 1, tied for the lead after day 1, has since shot a 70 and a 72 to be at minus 1 through 13. So Aberg dominating Texas Tech golf, not quite dominating this weekend. But it doesn't really matter what Texas Tech golf does as the number five team in the country currently. They'll be in a great spot to be in the NCAA tournament and host a regional. Or not host a regional, but be in a good spot to be in a regional. That'd be cool if they hosted a regional. I don't know how that works. Uh, Hey, Rob, lovely day, ain't it? Surely seemed uh, good when I was outside this morning. I haven't been outside in a while. Uh, Graham Ashcroft deserves to be persecuted for his violent assault on Josh Young in the second inning of today's Rangers-Reds game. I want full charges brought up as soon as possible. Regards, Pollo Grande. Yeah, I agree, man. Assault charges, assault with a deadly weapon. This guy needs to be arrested, booked, charged, persecuted. All of the above. But do uh, do have some good news there that it's just bruised and not broken. They thought it was broken. That would have been much, much worse. We said we were going to give some thoughts at the end of the show. Kind of ran out of time on that uh, podcast that broke yesterday uh, with Elijah Fisher. If you want to read Norrence Odiase's thoughts that Ryan alluded to, you can find him on Twitter. Uh, at Norton Sodiase on Twitter, but uh, I want to focus on the Marco Santos Silva comment on the YouTube channel just quickly because 
it was basically not surprised. He got mad at me for my shot selections. And he lied to get me back for that final year. I don't know what Santos Silva was told to come back. But once they recruited O'Banner and Williams, Santos Silva was the third big. So there certainly could have been some manipulation, some lying there. I would not be surprised. But I also saw a lot of responses like, oh man, this makes it even worse. Um, this is, you know, revolutionary. Wow. We're really learning stuff now. What? Has nobody been paying attention? We've known that Mark Adams was, um, an egomaniac for the last year he was here. And that extended in to the year before. There was an obvious change in personality from assistant coach to head coach. By the way, coaches tell players what they want to hear all the time. And when I read that Santos Silva was upset, that Mark Adams was upset in his personal meetings about his shot selection, I said, wow, I was also upset about Marco Santos Silva's, sorry, Marcus Santos Silva's Shot selection. It was poor at times. Uh, Buddy, you got coached hard. Of all the problems we found out about Mark Adams and of all the things in that interview, in that podcast, the least of my worries or concerns or thought processes went into Marcos, Marcus Santos Silva's thoughts and feelings on his shot selection and some tough meetings he had one-on-one with Mark Adams. Like, buddy, you took hook shots, shot-putting hook shots from four feet outside instead of taking a drop shot and getting to the rim. You pump fake six times and then threw it up off the back of the backboard. You airballed from the paint. Yeah, he was mad at your shot selection. That team went to the Sweet 16. Mark Adams was in full control of that roster and coached really well that year. Then it all went awry. But I I don't think I have any kind of added thought process on how the Texas Tech basketball season went downhill this year because of what Marcus Santos Silva thought about the year before. If you saw Bryson Williams and Kevin O'Banner come in and thought you were going to get an extended role or we're going to start again, that's on you. And Mark Adams might have said, absolutely, you're getting 25 minutes. We're going to run the offense through you. Yada, yada. Yeah, you should have known there, guy. 
Now, a lot of the stuff with Elijah Fisher I'm much more concerned with, but again, Mark Adams is gone. He's gone. He can't hurt you anymore. I'm talking to the fan. He can't, he can't, he's gone. He can't hurt you anymore. And the steak and salmon thing. Yeah. Some of the jokes were funny. Some I thought people were legitimately latching on to. I saw comments. Oh, he's talking trash about Lubbock. Yeah. Not everyone likes Lubbock. If I moved to Toronto as a 33-year-old dude, I would also be homesick. Especially if I never left the campus I was on in Toronto and didn't explore the city at all. I'm not going to blame him for that. All right. The text line, Hip Hop Hoops. YouTube video with the transfer player was eye-opening. The host said his AAU coach... And parent, no, 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 no. That, that is not what happened. Okay, so people are just looking at clips and not getting the full context. Elijah Fisher commented that he bought in and, and just put his head down and worked hard and could have transferred mid-year but stuck around and played and tried to do what Mark Adams wanted him to do. And then the host said, a lot of five-star recruits could do this, but you didn't. That's all he said. He didn't say you should have. He didn't say this is what you could have done. He just said a lot of guys in your position might have, but you didn't. He didn't encourage him to do so. He didn't tell him that's what he should have done. He just said, yeah, there's a lot of guys who do that. And I thought, Marcus Santos Silva bought into his role here, but now two years later is all of a sudden finding all this stuff to say about Mark Adams and, and his time because now he can because Mark Adams is gone. But he didn't say it before this year. I just think that's a little strange. Let's let's take a break. When we come back, more baseball, more action. It's the Rob Bro Show. Talk 103.9 News Money Sports. Welcome back. It's Rob Bro Show Talk, 103.9 News, Money, Sports. I really am trying to focus on the next iteration of Texas Tech basketball. I I, I mean, the Mark Adams stuff is over. And I, I, I understand that Elijah Fisher was asked questions and answered them honestly. Uh, I... I don't know. I don't I don't feel the need to to rehash it all. I mean that's his truth. It's not my truth. I wasn't there. He could say whatever he wanted whatever he wanted and I wouldn't care. That was his opinion of what happened. That's his opinion of Lubbock. He was here for a year. Now, when somebody who's not here 
or has never been here tries to talk trash about the city that I live in, I'll get mad. But if the guy was here for a year and didn't like it and moved on, all right, it wasn't for him. Cool. Especially in the world of college basketball, where it's all one-year contracts anyways. A quick golf update. Oklahoma backing up to plus three. Texas Tech all the way to plus 16. One stroke ahead of TCU is in the clubhouse at plus 17. The Big 12 scoreboard last night for the baseball world. Uh, West Virginia wins again 14-2 over Penn State. TCU beat Dallas Baptist. We're on Dallas Baptist in a second. Baylor loses to Tarleton. Texas hammers Texas Southern 18-3. And uh, Texas Tech and ACU got stuck in the bottom of the fourth inning. 6-0. They have not said if they're going to... Uh, finish that game when they come to Lubbock in a couple of weeks, or if they'll just play the one in Lubbock. They might do like a hybrid doubleheader thing where they finish the five innings and then play the next one, or add one uh, on a a Wednesday and play the makeup and then play the next one. We'll see when we get there. Uh, But back to that Dallas Baptist, the D1 Baseball's latest 60-14 projection, and this is a projection. People generally say, you know, How does D1 baseball have Texas Tech in the top 15 and then put them as a three seed? It's ridiculous. Well, this is a projection. This is what they think the committee will do, and Texas Tech's RPI is a three seed right now. But this latest D1 baseball projection, we told you one about uh, Eugene earlier, where you're a two seed in Eugene, Oregon at the Oregon Ducks Regional. This one is the Dallas Baptist Regional in D1 Baseball. The two seed, Texas A&M. The three seed, Texas Tech. The four seed, Oral Roberts. Sign me up for that. That would be a meat claw of a regional, but it would be incredible. Tech would have a lot of fans there. A&M would have a lot of fans there. Dallas Baptist obviously would have a lot of fans there. That would be really, really fun. I don't know if you could get out of it, but that would be really, really fun. I think as far as a getting out of it kind of thing, I would rather be the two seed in Eugene. But that would be fun to go to Dallas Baptist and and knock off Dallas Baptist and Texas A&M to get to a Super. That would be really, really fun. And I think with this team, you just have to get to a regional. At this point, you just kind of have to survive your schedule and get to a regional. That was a bad game yesterday in the fourth inning when it got canceled or postponed. One of the two. Uh, you have to go down and beat Kansas State two out of three this weekend. You have to. All right, let's take another break. We'll get back on track. I went way too long in the first segment. So we'll uh, get back on track here. We'll hit the break. We'll come back, talk more basketball, talk more sports, baseball. Maybe get off on a couple of tangents with some bandwagons. That's what we do on a Wednesday. It's the Rob Bro Show, Talk 103.9 News, Money Sports.
Sports.com. Welcome back. Rob Rowe Show Talk, 103.9 News Money Sports. The Texas Rangers, top of the eighth inning, no outs yet, still down three to two. John Gray pitched through the eighth inning. We'll see if the offense can do literally anything here. As Josh Smith strolls up to the plate, he's 0-4-2 with a strikeout today. Sorry, through seven was uh, John Gray. I doubt he comes back out. Oh, no. See, the GameCast lied to me. Uh, Spores pitched the seventh. See, that's what I get for trying to do two things at once here. Golf update, plus 17, Texas Tech trying to stay at least tied for a second now. Now, you don't get, like, money or anything, and it doesn't really matter. If you don't win, you've lost, really. I guess there's some bragging rights between the TCU team and the Texas Tech team if they can stay in front, but it is what it is. This texture entertaining a slow sports season with only baseball, golf, post-NFL draft. How do you handle it? You know, you just show up with your lunch pail and do your job, man. We figure it out. Uh, a lot of Mount Rushmore's. A lot of uh, sports radio debates. You know, the first take and stuff, that was born from summer sports radio. and Now they just do it year-round. Uh, but you find things to talk about. You find debates to have. You do what you do. Uh, dear bro, how are you? I am fine. As a kid, I'd only draw sports logos that were easy to draw. The original double T was easy to draw. Nobody can draw the ni- draw the '90s double T. Can we level the bevel once for all? Uh, you know, maybe I'm just showing off my artistic prowess here, and it's the 2000s double T. I think that came about in. In the year 2000. Uh, but once you kind of figure it out. And maybe it's easier uh, easier for us 90s kids. Because we drew that stupid S. And made it a 3D S. You know where you connect the. You draw the three lines. And then three more lines. Then you connect them. Same kind of deal. Uh, you just kind of have to know where the shadows and the bevel goes. And you kind of just connect the lines in there. Or you could always go with the uh, classic tracer paper, which uh, seemingly was a staple there in the late 90s as I was drawing. Early 90s, late 90s. You kind of do the tracer thing. Uh, Did anybody else have the light-up desk, lap desk, where you could put a a photo in there and then you get some like see-through paper and put it on there and then you turn the light on in the desk and then you could trace around. That was fun. The light bright, you just stick the little 
clear beads into the light board, the pegboard, turn the lights on, have a have a logo there. Uh, I did try to draw sports logos. I I everything I did pretty much growing up was sports. So like my one personality generally. I was in band, did some do it acting, but I was Mr. Beaver in uh, a production of <laughs> the Chronicles of Narnia. I need to find that tape. That that was, you know, no offense to uh, the cast or the crew or uh, the teacher over there. That was the worst one I play ever done by anybody ever. And uh, we went out and, you know, we tried. But the set was uh, something else. We built the set ourselves. Uh, the wardrobe was a mangy-looking piece of quarter-inch plywood that we had to set up and fold out. The door opened, but I don't know how it stayed up. That was the time. This texture, I liked drawing the Oilers' old logo. Yeah, the old oil Derrick. That was a good one. We're talking about uh, uniforms on the Raiderlands, some bandwagons. For uniforms that I'm on, um, I, I do. I agree. I, I think the Texas Tech football team should go back to the classic look. You don't have to get a new uniform. You have them all. And if you want to stay with a 3D double T because that's what the university does and you want to stay brand consistent, just put the 3D double T on the helmet that you wear with that throwback look, it'll be fine. It'll look great. The white and red combo. The red and white combo. The black and gray. The black and white. The black and black. It all looks way better then the guns up stripe on the shoulder and all that stuff you do now with the tiny Texas Tech across the chest. I mean, it is striking how much better those Under Armour throwbacks look than the current Under Armour Tech uniforms. And they don't look bad because it's black and red and black and red looks really good, especially on TV. The black, red, red looks really good. It's not something I would go to a lot, but it does look really good. Black, red, black. Black, white, black. All of your combos just look really good. It's just the uniform is... Ugh. It's just alright. And I do appreciate that Texas Tech has had the same looking uniform for going on a decade now. Now, they wear a different color every week, but... It's been a similar guns-up stripe. They've changed it in small ways. Now, you've had the hombres and the Lone Star Prides and the military appreciation uniforms in there as well, but I think since 2016? 15 or 16? You've pretty much stuck with one uniform just in three different colors. I think you probably still had some gray in there. You've gotten rid of the gray in football except for the silver pants and the throwbacks.
Uh, this texter says, our pants have too wide a stripe. We need the skinny Alabama stripe on the legs. Yeah, the stripe, and it's it's a split down the middle. Yeah, they're yeah, they're bad. <laughs> I was trying to be nice. <laughs> I I don't want to offend the football program if they're listening. I like the uniform. I like the logo. I like the the overall look. I like the color scheme: scarlet and black, or red and black, whatever you want to call it. Looks really good. I want new uniforms, though. I I wish you could have done it last year with the the first year of the new program. And maybe this year you have the same uniforms again, but you finish really strong and are really taking a step in year three, and you come out in new uniforms and you win the Big 12 and everything's fine. I That's a good story, too. But I would like to see Joey McGuire whittle down the uniforms a bit. If you wore the same uniform on the road all year long, I would be very happy. Have one road look. Black helmet, white uniform, red or black pants. Do that all year long. And if you want to be cool and mix it up at home, fine. If you want to do the blackout or a red uniform... Every once in a while, if you want to do the throwbacks at home, cool. But just pick one on the road and whittle it down and look like Texas Tech all the time. I would love that in Texas Tech football. You know, in baseball, you have a Friday uniform, a Saturday uniform, and a Sunday uniform. Or more appropriately, a weekend game one, weekend game two, weekend game three uniform. I would be all in on settling on a couple of uniforms and just wearing them all year long instead of finding something, some new combo every game. <laughs> oh, this is for the fans. The, this texter, he's off the bandwagon of uh, fans wearing a certain color to a game. Just wear red, he says. Yeah, I'm down with that too. I like the the blackout for one game. The whiteout in basketball looks really cool. I feel like it gets lost a little bit, especially if you do a whiteout like in October. Not a lot of people have white jackets, so it kind of loses its luster. If you don't do a whiteout uh, like in the beginning, the cotton, celebrate cotton game. And also, like, if you're going to do a whiteout, hand out shirts, at least in the student section. I mean, that's a big expense, but you just really can't hold a candle at Whiteout in the Happy Valley. The Penn State Whiteout is awesome. With the white pom-poms, too. Uh, this texture, do you like the Rangers Sunday best? Yes, and I love that they only wear them at home on Sundays, and they wear them every Sunday at home. I like that. I like the powder blue. And I like it with the regular Rangers blue and red, and I think it looks really cool. All right, let's take another break. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show. It's the Rob Bro Show. Talk 103.9 News, Money Sports.
Welcome back. Rob Rush Show, Talk 103.9 News Money Sports. Texas Tech Golf now in danger of finishing in fourth place. They're all the way to plus 21. They could legitimately end up in fifth. Just an absolute meltdown. TCU finishing best on the day at minus one. Struggling. Struggling is Texas Tech Golf. Let's see the player leaderboard. Uh, Aberg, even today, back to minus 14. So that even will be his worst round of the weekend. Week. Tough. But uh, if you're even and that's your worst round of the week, that's pretty damn good. Uh, hey, Rob, can you quickly speak on what's happening in Colorado with Coach Prime? Just did their spring game and now a bunch of players are leaving like it's the book of Exodus in Egypt. Over 50 players in the portal. Yeah, I can speak quickly. He told him to leave when he got there. Why are people surprised? Now, I am 100% okay and into a coach coming and completely flipping a roster. Is it going to be incredibly difficult for him? Yes. Is it his prerogative to tell guys that they don't meet his standards? Yes. Are there a thousand players in the portal that he could get to come to Colorado to replace those 50? Yes. It is really hard to win Power 5 football games without a complete roster. Kansas was under the scholarship limit for several years and they stunk when they finally built their roster back up to the scholarship limit, they went six and six. There is something to just having enough bodies on the roster at enough quality that you can survive the first half of the season. Now, Kansas really couldn't last year. They went six and six, but they started six and oh. Is Colorado going to immediately come in and be better than last year? No, but they went 2-10. and ten. It's not like he's coming in and tearing down Alabama. Is, is every player that comes in going to be better than a, every player that left? No. Will they have more talent next year than they did this? Maybe. I don't know. Obviously, Deion Sanders is trying to build a foundation... And sometimes you have to do a complete rebuild. Now, where I run amiss of what Coach Prime is doing, Dion, 
is when players are leaving, he's doing zero to help them find a new destination. If you're going to kick a player off the team, basically, at least let him take practice footage from last year when you weren't even there so he can show it to his next team and get another job. This is the first time where I haven't been eye-to-eye with Deion Sanders is that he is basically kicking people off the team and then not helping them find the next place. Now, you don't have to go out there and shill for them. You don't have to waste your time and energy to go recruit them onto another roster. You don't have to sell somebody else, hey, he's a great kid, he just doesn't align with our program. You don't have to do any of that. But what you can do is open up some practice footage Hell, if it's from last year, nobody's on the team this year anyways. It's not your offense. You're not running that offense anymore. You're not running those plays. Nothing on there is going to be a hindrance to your future team. There's no hidden gems. You kicked them all off the team. But Colorado went 2-10 and 10 last year, so I'm not real worried that they're going to get worse. That receiver at Colorado was so good on Saturday, he also entered the portal. Yeah. Do you know who he played against on Saturday? Colorado. (laughs) I I mean, uh, like, okay. Good. You got 150 yards against one of the worst defensive backfields in the country. Oh, well, Travis Hunter's there. Yeah. All right. Was that kid matched up on Travis Hunter? I have no idea. Uh, this texter says, uh, today's show sounds like your uh, Festivus airing of grievances. <laughs> no, we have a good time here. I'm in a great mood. I'm going to try to go get some Rojino barbecue if they aren't sold out already. They might be. This was the final Bandwagon Wednesday of the Rob Bro Show as part of the Talk 103.9 family. Two more shows left. The next one, the Raiderland, tomorrow, 11 a.m. I've been Rob Bro. Be Rob Bro. We will see you then. The views and opinions expressed by the participants on this Talk 1340 program are not necessarily the views of Talk 1340, its advertisers, staff, management, or Town Square Media.